this morning as we prepare to go back to school. It is a time for students this morning. They're eager to come back. If you are a student and you're here this morning in worship, I invite you to join us for our time together. Any age students? All students? Absolutely. Good morning. Come and have a seat and gather round. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Welcome to worship. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Hi, Maddie. Come up. Good morning, Harrison. Hi, Dean. Good morning, Hank. Hi, Esther. Michael, come on up. Can we make a hole for Michael to get through right behind you? Yeah. Come on up here. You want to come sit by Colin right here? We got a spot for you. Well, good morning, students. I am glad you are here. As we get ready to go back to school, I see you brought your backpacks. We are going to have blessings, lots of blessings today for you, for your backpacks. Well, I have two things as we gather this morning, and one of them is for you to keep, but the other one is for us to help us talk about going back to school, and then we're going to put them back on my plate here. And these are my rocks. Do you see my rocks? Yeah, these are the ones for me to keep, so we'll put them back. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So, if you can, and I'll I'll pass it down if you want me to. These are my holy listening stones. And for those of you who can't see them really good, they're just little rocks, smooth stones, and they all have something different marked on them. Oh, there's all different kinds of things. So, if you want to, yeah. Who wants to pick one up? That reminds them, that helps describe how you feel about school starting. Who wants to pick one up? Oh, you picked, Liliana, do you want to tell, you picked one up. It looks like it kind of has a foot on it. So how do you feel about school starting? Well, it's going to help me choose the right decisions to walk into. To help you choose the right decisions to walk into. Nice. Who else wants to choose one? Do you see one? Which one did you choose? That one, what does it have on it? It looks like it has a sun on it. So how do you feel about school starting this week? To be bright. Yeah? Yeah? You want to pick one, Esther? How do you feel about school starting this week? Which one describes it for you? Mm, all right. And what does yours have on it? A smiley face. Are you glad for school to start? Yeah? Who else sees one? Oh, tell me what yours has on it. It has a heart and it has a little, a little zigzag through it, a little crack through it. Yeah? And a raindrop. Yeah? What do you see? Cooper, tell us about the one you picked up. Looks like a nervous face. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, and happy. nervous and happy. Yeah. No, there's not. Yeah. Ryan, do you see one? Which one? What's on your rock there that you picked? A heart. And tell us how you feel about school starting. I love school. And I you love it. Getting higher and higher. Wesley, you picked the one with nothing on it. 
That, yeah. Don't know how you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know how you feel about school starting. Yeah? Yeah? Do we have one more? We good? You want to pick that one and tell me what you picked, Bentley. And tell me how you feel about school starting. Don't know? Yeah, there's a lot of things we don't know about the first day of school. Well, there's a lot of things we don't know about our year yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is Preston's choice. You can pick whichever one. Lauren grabbed one. She wanted that one. And yours looks like a, a plus sign, but it has an arrow going four different ways. A compass rose without the letters. Yeah. So, Lauren, tell me how you're feeling about school starting. Go in different ways. Learn different things each way you go. Yeah. Well, students. You know what? These stones, we actually did. Margaret helped me find these at the farm, and we washed them, and we put these markings on them. And sometimes we're feeling happy, like Ryan's heart there. And sometimes we're not really sure how we're feeling about the school you're starting. And we just don't know. And sometimes these stones help us talk about the things that we're feeling about something different or something changing. But I want to tell you something this morning as we gather. You might be totally excited that school's happening tomorrow. You might have already started school and you're like, oh, I've already done this. Can we visit? We're going to put these back. But I do have something for you to keep because maybe you'll get to have lunch with your best friend this year. And maybe your best friend's in a different class this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you choose on yours? It's a circle with a dot in the middle. Yeah, well, how do you feel about school starting, Casey? You know I can't wait. To you can't wait. like Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. But the thing that you get to keep this morning, even though I'm taking the rocks back, let's see. Dean, can you hand me one of those right up there? Yep. This is what you get to keep. And there's lots of different colored ones. And you can take one for you, and you can take one for your brother or your sister or your cousin or your friend. And so can you. I still have one right there. Yeah. And this is to remind you that it doesn't matter if you're excited about school or if you're scared. Um, you might have a wonderful first day or your first day might be kind of hard. You might be in class with your best friend or you might not. You might have made the team you wanted or you might not. School might be really easy for you, and you love it. Or maybe for you, school's pretty hard, at least some days. But no matter what, this reminds you that you are a blessing. You are God's child, and you are a blessing. Whether we're not sure, or whether we're excited, or whether we just don't know, all the directions we go, you are a blessing. And this is some Bible verses that I bet some of you know. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
So all of your school days, if it's a great school day or even if it's a terrible one, you are a blessing. Because God loves you. God made you. God knows you. And this church loves you too. So I hope these will help you remember that you're a blessing. There's also some blessing buttons up there that you can wear on your shirt or on your backpack. So take one when you go today, okay? And then in a little while in church, you'll come up and we're going to get more blessings. Can I pray for us this morning? We're going to do a little bit different kind of prayer than we usually do. Everybody get a hand. Bentley, you want a hand? Here. There we go. And I'm going to pray for us this morning as we gather. God, I thank you for these students who have come to worship today. God, they have lots of things on their hearts and on their minds and on their souls about school and about this new year. And some of them are wonderful and Some of them are scary, and some of them we just don't know. Lord, I pray for all the concerns that are on this heart. Today we lift them up, and all of us who are here gathered together surround these students with their prayers and with their love. May they know that they are a blessing. As they carry these tags on their backpacks, as they wear these buttons, may they know all the time and everywhere that you love them, that they are your children, that we love them, that they are a blessing. We give thanks, Lord, for this new school year, but most of all, for these students. And may we all say amen. 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 Take a tag when you go, boys and girls. You do? Are you going to add one to it? Yeah. And put a new one. I already have, <coughs> already have one of these in my house. Good. you have their tags? Do you find a tag you like? All right. Got all kinds of colors up here. You know, there's so many, you got to make sure you got just the right one. There we go. All right. My friends, we are beginning a new worship series today, which I think is appropriate and in keeping with where we are at this time of year. For many of us, late August and September are just as much of a new year start um, as January is. And so we are beginning a new series called Being the Church. And the genesis of this series came about... Um, at annual conference this year as our lay delegates, uh, Brandy Bender among them, and uh, Patrick and Caroline Knoll and Pastor Clay and I and my daughter Eva, we were at lunch one day uh, during annual conference, and we were just kind of processing and talking about the keynote speakers that we had heard and the words of challenge um, that they were issuing to us and um, 
In our conversation, we were considering, well, what does this mean for us as the church? Um, Because the church is um, in a very different place now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, And so that was the genesis of this uh, worship series, to consider what it means to be the church now. And so beginning today and then for the ensuing six weeks, we have a word um, for each Sunday that um, uh, we think is a good kind of uh, handle to begin to flesh out what it means to be the people of the church in this day and in this time. And, of course, today, that word is blessing. And so we are going to hear this story from Genesis chapter 12. Just a short few verses. And, of course, the word that I want you to count, how many times you hear it, is bless or blessing or blessed. So we're beginning to read at verse 1 in chapter 12. Listen for the word of God. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So the church is in a very different place than it was a few decades ago. So I would like to give you a metric that I think helps illustrate this. And um, I received this uh, statistic from a colleague, a ministry colleague, who serves with the Texas Methodist Foundation. It goes something like this. In decades past, the metric that was used to determine if a person was active in a congregation or not, was that their presence at the church was about 2.7 times a week. Okay, that's the average. So, present for worship on Sundays, perhaps a small group or a Bible study sometime during the week, uh, maybe a committee meeting or some kind of service project, 2.7 times a week. The current metric that the TMF uses to judge if a person is active or not in a congregation is 1.4 times a month. One point four times a month. That is the metric that is used to determine if a person is active in a congregation or not. My, how times have changed. We talk a lot about change. Our culture is in a state of flux. 
Our institutions are undergoing change. And sometimes I hear language about the change that is coming, but my friends, it's here. The change is here. And so, if the rules have changed by which we do church, then how do we begin to understand what it means to be the people of the church? What it means to be disciples of Jesus Christ who are active on average 1.4 times a month in a congregation? And I think that it is appropriate and right to begin with who we are, whose we are, and the fact that we are called by virtue of our baptism. And so we have this story, a foundational story for Uh, Judaism, and then also for Christianity, and our Muslim brothers and sisters find their roots in the story of Abram and Sarai as well. And so we have the story of Abram and Sarai, and the text tells us that Abram is 75 years old, living, oh, somewhere in ancient Mesopotamia, and that... God calls him to uproot himself and his wife and to go to a place that God will show them. And that by doing this, Abram and Sarai will be blessed and the other people of the earth will either be blessed through them or will bless themselves. You can translate it from the Hebrew both ways. Now, this text is often used, appropriately and rightly, to talk about what it means to be obedient and faithful. Because Abram is held up as the example of faithfulness and obedience. But I want us to zero in on blessing this morning. And to describe just a little bit, the little bit that we know or don't know, actually, about Abram and Sarai. They're old. They're childless. And in biblical terms, For one's name and legacy to continue in subsequent generations, you have to have children. Right? For your name to continue, your memory to continue, you have to have children. Your children have to have children. And so on. And to not have children is to be a people without hope. It is to run the risk of your name being cut off forever at your death. There's a lot wrapped up into this notion of how your name is going to continue. And Walter Brueggemann uses the term barren. Abram and Sarai are barren. They have no children No way of continuing their legacy for the future. In essence, they have nothing to offer 
And into this barrenness, God calls. And God blesses. It is by nothing that Abram and Sarai do that they are blessed. It is not based on their accomplishments. It is not based on their financial well-being. It is not based on their importance in the community because they are barren. In biblical terms, they are nothing. And yet, God calls them because God is the one who is the giver of all good gifts. And God is the promise keeper. And that does not uh, hinge on Abram or Sarai's ability to be able to keep a promise or to follow through on a promise. It's not based on their worth. It is because God chooses to bless them. This word blessing. I I hear the word used a lot, as I'm sure a lot of you do. Um, In our culture, which is so consumer-driven, to be blessed is to have financial assets, is to have a nice house, a nice car. But Abram and Sarai's situation shows us it doesn't depend on all those things. Blessing does not depend on any of that. I recall meeting up with a man who was homeless in the grocery store parking lot near my house. He had just gotten off of a handy ride dart bus because he had just been discharged from the hospital. It had complications of diabetes. And we got into conversation And I said, my goodness, how are you? And he said, I am blessed. Really? And I think actually that gets us to a more true understanding of what it means to be blessed. It's not anything we do, and it's not anything we have. It is a recognition of the one who has called, the one who has loved, the one who has named us, the one who gives gifts, and the one who keeps promises. When I was in seminary, we uh, all participated in spiritual formation groups. And the spiritual formation group that, uh, that I was in was led by an Episcopal priest, and I enjoyed the group very much. But one day she was leading us through the practice of Lexio Divina, or Holy Reading. And it is the reading of Scripture not to get meaning or not to seek lessons or not to prepare for a Bible study. It is a prayerful reading of a particular passage of Scripture um, repeatedly, actually, to see what phrase or word might stick in one's mind and perhaps then to get an idea of how God is trying to speak to you in that moment through that passage of Scripture. And the passage that we were reading was the Magnificat, where the pregnant Mary, who is expecting Jesus, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, 
And Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And the two women meet up. And out of Mary's mouth tumbles this wonderful song of praise to God. My soul gives glory to my God, for he has seen his lowly servant, has blessed his lowly servant. And on down in the passage it says, And all generations will call me blessed. And so as we were going around the circle sharing what we had heard in this text, what had really caught our ears and our hearts, there was one guy who was in the group that said, Well, I think Mary sounds kind of arrogant. And the leader says, really? He says, well, yeah. She says, all generations will call me blessed. Where's her humility? And here we have these blessing buttons. And they say, I am a blessing. And when Pastor Caroline gave me this button, I was like, hmm. What's it going to be like for me to walk around with this button on saying, I'm a blessing? But here's the thing. Me being blessed, you being blessed, doesn't depend on your worthiness. And it doesn't depend on your accomplishments. It doesn't depend on the goods you own. It is at the initiative of the gift giver and the promise keeper. And each one of us is blessed to be a blessing. Abram and Sarai are not to keep their blessing to themselves. It is to go beyond them so that other families of the earth, of the earth, might be blessed. And so, therefore, we are blessed so that the blessing can move beyond us to others. Think of who in your family, who in your neighborhood, your community, who in our city, our state, our nation, our world is in dire need of hearing that they are blessed and loved. Who is thirsty to hear a word of grace, which sounds an awful lot like blessing to me? Blessing, grace, blessing, grace, blessing, grace. We are blessed. So that we can be a blessing to others who need to hear that word of blessing and grace. My friends, you are a blessing. Amen.